From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Wake up! What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up Warchant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, coming up on today's show. Did Mike Norvell hit the right note when asked about coaching rumors and his name being involved in them? Will the Swamp be rocking in two weeks and nitpicking at the playoff process? Wake up, War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com, that's the website. You can always hit that QR code on your screen, the funky-looking barcode. It'll take you right to the website. You can check out the daily lunch specials. Taco Tuesday, everybody. Hard or soft shell, beef or chicken, all day, though. Not just for like a three, four-hour window, all friggin' day at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. So saddle up and then coast right on into trivia night starting at 7 o'clock tonight over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. We like those folks. 2475 Appalachia Parkway. Warchant.com, your ultimate sample sports source. Five-star rating and review, please. Thumbs up if you're on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, too, while you're at it. That's free. Think of it as like a BOGO almost. Buy one, get one free. Like Buy the Warchant account. Over on Warchant.com, get a YouTube subscription as well. So we're out here doing it for you, folks. We being myself and Corey Clark, obviously. Corey Clark, how are you, friend? I am great. Thanks for asking, Aslan. I really, I always appreciate it. Do you? That felt a little insincere, Corey. A little bit. No, no, I was actually scratching my arm. But mm. I, 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 so I wasn't really listening, but I, I always okay. do appreciate it. Come on, man. How are things? Are you, uh, you still on this workout train, man? Like what's been, what's been the biggest, have you hit a plateau or anything? Or are you just still crashing through all the ceilings? Uh, the uh, the gods are putting in front of you in the weight room. Hey, thanks for asking. I, I've been running again for the last two weeks. All right, so uh, the, the calf or the heel or whatever? Is it was it? the heel slash Achilles. I'm, mm. I wasn't quite sure what was going on, and it's still not great, but it's tolerable, and it doesn't hurt while I'm running. It kind of hurts after, but not when I'm running. So I'm I'm you know I'm kind of doing three miles a day, running uh, on the treadmill. I just for you guys at home that want to run with me, um, I I sprint at a ten. I kind of push it a nine, and my base is like a seven or an eight. So strong, man. How long do you yeah, push well, it I'm a ten for? I, sw- I feel bad for the people around me because I'm pouring sweat oh, yeah. everywhere, and I guys. shake my head like a dog, and it goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. I actually don't do that, folks. I bring a towel, and when I forget a towel, which is often, I have to buy one at the gym. But I do because I don't want to sweat on people. But yeah, I feel good. Well, I say that my uh, left bicep is still hurting a lot, and my right shoulder still hurts a lot because I'm old, folks. But I'm still doing it. Trying to do it four or five days a week, Aslan. Hmm. All right, well, let's get to it then. It's hey, Tuesday. you asked. Uh, no, no, no. I oh, know, okay. man. I'm, right. I wasn't, I'm, just, yeah, I'm sure there's some people like, all right, I don't care about Corey's workout regimen or Aslan's workout regimen. I'm here to talk Noel. I'm here, Knowles. Put football in my veins. Inject it. Mm, okay. So let's do it. It's Tuesday. Let's talk about what they talked my about six pack, yesterday. My six-pack is so close. I, I almost want to say I have one. Okay. I think if you saw it or felt it, you would be like, yeah, that's close enough. I just want it to be like crystal clear. Well, not kind of you have to squint or look at the shadow hits it a certain way. I just And then I'll stop working out completely, and you won't ever have to hear about it again, folks. But I'm this close. I actually want to have a six-pack. Well, it's when you wake up first thing in the morning, man. Like, don't be fooled by all these fitness models and stuff. Like, they they haven't had a meal in hours when they're flexing and posing. So it's like when you wake oh. up first thing in the morning, you're pretty dehydrated because you haven't drank anything. You don't have anything in your belly. Like, that's when you take the photo and you send it to Steph, and you're just like, yo, what is up? Or send up? it to whoever. No, 
Our oh, fiance, okay. buddy. <laughs> okay, sorry. Our fiance. Well, How about she'll that? She'll like that line for sure. <laughs> All right, so um, it's Tuesday. Let's talk about what they said yesterday. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't want to bury the lead. I guess you know, we should talk about his reaction when I asked him about the Texas A&M stuff. But I thought uh, the first thing that I, I found interesting was when Ira asked him about, you know, him being Mike Norvell, the head football coach at Florida State, about, you know, kind of this opportunity slash temptation to maybe – rest some guys. I mean, you have a, a long and a tooth squad, relatively speaking, and guys are banged up and you've got a, a lower division opponent. So maybe this is the opportunity to give them some rest. As we mentioned, they're going to play nine straight games coming out of their bye week when you include this ACC championship game in a few weeks. And, you know, he, he's like, hey, no, we got to get better. We can't take it for granted. But there was like a, a slip of the tongue, I feel like, in their core where he talked about, like, we haven't come this far and had everything work out the way we planned it. To Something about like they're not going to squander what they've built, but they're they're at a place right now where like they expected this. Like they've they built this out. It feels like they scheduled, they planned this out the way they're going to use these guys. Not so much like rotating these players and keeping them fresh, but it feels like they're at a place where they probably sat down in a room in late July, early August, looked at the schedule, looked at their roster, and are like, "Listen, man, if we can just avoid." serious major injuries and we can pick our spots where we can give guys maybe a day off here and there, whether it's in practice or a game, man, we're going to be so solid going into December and then maybe a playoff game in January. I don't know if you picked up on that. I know you're typing everything out. So some things might kind of go by the ear, but uh, I felt that um, he's kind of conveying a message that man, they're, they're really on track and that they saw this coming all along. They, They planned for this moment. So they'll, they'll take advantage. Well, look, man, there is a reason that between Miami and Florida, if you have to play Miami and Florida in middle of November and late November, it's nice to have North Alabama in the middle because these will be two of the you know three, mo- three or four most physical games you played all year. They're basically back-to-back with essentially an off week in the middle, and I'm not trying to disparage North Alabama, but clearly um, this is a week to get healthy. And, uh, you know, I think what, what – triggered that question or that answer from Norvell was the way Ira asked the question. I, 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 I think it, and look, Ira asked more questions than anyone. They're all good. Uh, some are great. I think he misworded it right at the end when he said, um, is, do you look at this week as a chance to get healthy, uh, or, or, or get, or, and get better. And I think he meant get better physically, but Norvell jumped on it. Like we're always trying to get better. What are we doing? It would be devastating if we didn't get better this week than we were last week, which, I mean, I get it. That's his whole spiel, and it's, it's his culture, and it works. But I, I think Ira was asking straight up, will you rest guys? Are you going to rest guys? Are you going to get a – maybe not rest them, but, hey, man, if the offense goes and scores 24 points in the first four drives, do you and it's 24 to nothing, do you pull them and let the other guys play so they can rest and avoid – any more wear and tear, avoid an injury risk? Because I think that's what this game is about, right? Like, you do want Jordan Travis to play his final home game, but you don't want him to be playing late in the third quarter because uh, you got a bigger – got two huge games coming up the next two weeks. Um, so, yeah, and I, I do think, though, going back to your question, I, I do think that they they plan for this. They've, no, they've eyeballed this for a month. As soon as certain players started going down or being hobbled – are being less than 100%. They've been eyeballing this week. This is a get-right week, right? This is a get-healthy week. Mm -hmm. Get all your treatment. If you can't practice, you can't practice. If you can't play, you can't play. But you've got to be right in two weeks because they're going to have all hands – you need all hands on deck. 
I know Florida's defense is horrendous. That offense can move the ball. And it's I, I would never in a million years, with, with the way this team has played and the way this rivalry has gone, in no fantasy world am I, am I thinking that Florida State's going to beat Florida by like five touchdowns in Gainesville. That's going to be a game. And it's probably be go, going to be a game late in the second half. Uh, that's just how the world works um, and how this team seems to operate. So, yeah, man, this is the this is the get-right week, right? And I do think there was a concerted effort probably earlier than July, man, probably as soon as the schedule came out um, or when Keon committed. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It, uh, that, that this was, okay, if we can be 9-1 and one or 10-0 and oh at this moment, this is a great opportunity to get right because it's football, man. And they saw the schedule nine straight weeks, but it's really – I mean, I know they don't look at it like this, and he would never say this. And I do think they use it. It's not like they're just not practicing or not caring about practice. But this is a, this is basically a, a week where you have a scrimmage at the end of it. You know, right. and I, I, one, I think they'll treat this week like one of those August scrimmages. Let Jordan play a little bit. Let him get some. Let let all the receivers because you want to get, um, you want to get timing. You want to keep your timing. Yeah. But you've got to get you, – you can't risk injury against North Alabama when you've got what you've got waiting for you uh, the, the next week. North Alabama Lions actually had a week off. I mean, who has a bye week this late in the game? But they had an off week, so we're going to get them at their best. Um, they didn't play this week? No, I don't think so. Because I, I told everybody, I'm like, oh, they just came off a, a loss to Mike Norvell's alma mater. And then yeah. I saw, like, on the Sports Center top plays, Central Arkansas had a play, but it wasn't against North Alabama. And I'm like, oh, no, did I just give everybody – you know, like fake news, and I go back and look at it. Like North Alabama's last game was November fourth. Yeah, Central Arkansas. They lost twenty-seven to fourteen, and the week before that, they lost uh, forty-nine to thirty-nine to Austin P. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you got to figure. Big dub over Utah Tech though uh, in mid October. So. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, they still build on that. Uh, hey, and nobody believes in them. It's yeah. them against the world. <laughs> Keep that circle tight, Lions. <laughs> So, yeah, there, there always is that. But, yeah, I think, man, pour it on as much as you can. Even, you know, maybe some sportsmanship aside. Don't do the onside kick stuff. Don't go for two. But, man, try to get 35 points in the first half and yeah. then hand it over to start the second half to to Tate and let them take it over. Because I like, you know, what, you I, I, up, I like what you brought up yesterday, Corey, about, like, just survive in advance past Louisville. And then I think – it's almost a whole new ball game with Jordan Travis being rested for three weeks. Daryl Jackson, part of your plans, you know, they might, you know, they might get that sort of look they had against LSU in their first playoff game. If they can make it there with this, the kind of rest they'll have, they can just survive these next, you know, two games plus a scrimmage, if we want to call it that. Yeah, but it's, I mean, look, man, the, Florida and Louisville are not going to be a joke. I mean, I think you'll be, maybe you're not favored by 10 against Florida, the way uh, the Pitt and Miami games went, but you'll be favored down there. And you'll probably be favored by like 11 to 12, I would think, against Louisville. The point being, these aren't runaways. These Nobody's expecting Florida State, at least the people that really know out in the desert, aren't expecting Florida State to just crush these teams. Um, but, yeah, I, I think what the way you look at it is, if you can beat Florida and beat Louisville, well, you're what are you twelve and 0, thirteen and zero? Um, you're going to be in the top four, and then that the ACC championship game. And I, again, I'm knocking on wood. I'm not. I'm not uh, guaranteeing anything. I'm not. I'm not taking anything for granted. But if you're thirteen and zero and your last game is December second, and then your next game is January first, well, buddy, that's a whole month to get right. And Jordan Travis, when he's right, Keon Coleman, when he's right. 
Benson mm. when he's right, Maurice Smith. Like all in all these teams have it, right? Like Georgia would have the same window to get healthy. So would Michigan. So would all these other teams. I just think. Um, yeah, you know, Brock Bowers the, is healthier. Ladd McConkey's healthier, but man, it's your quarterback, and he has an element of his game that, listen, yes. man, has been in the garage for far too long. And I think you bring it out and you you go until the wheels come off, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I and I think you know you you might see it uh, in Gainesville. You might see it in Charlotte if they were lo- if they were fortunate enough to get to Pasadena or New Orleans with four weeks off. You would absolutely see it. You have to. You're not beating. You're not going to be able to run the ball on anybody like that. Probably not going to be able to run the ball on Louisville, but you're certainly not going to be able to run the ball on like Michigan or Ohio State or Georgia just traditionally because you haven't been able to really do that all year um, for a variety of reasons, I guess. But it just hasn't uh, meshed well. But when 13 carries the ball six eight times a game, well, all of a sudden it opens everything up, and that's almost something when you think ahead, Aslan. And again, I know we got three games left or two and a half games left. You, the defenses almost couldn't even prepare for it because they haven't seen it enough. Hmm. Like, how many real dynamic runs has Jordan Travis had this year? Eight? Hmm. Seven? I, I don't even know, man. He just he, – he, he almost had one against Miami. He got tripped up at the two. That would have been a crazy run. But, man, it just hasn't been part of his game. It hasn't needed to be part of his game. Obviously, he needs to stay healthy. He has, for the most part, healthy meaning available to play. Uh, but, man, give him a month off, get him fresh, uh, get all these other guys fresh, and just, you know, let the chips fall where they may. But first things first, got to win the next uh, three ball games to get there. Thoughts on kickoff against Florida being 7 o'clock? Selfishly, logistically, works a little bit better. I don't know if I'm going to go home for Thanksgiving. I don't think I'm going to go home for Thanksgiving. Uh, but I didn't want to wake up at 8 a.m. Yeah. to drive to Gainesville for a noon game. But I also don't want the swamp at full throat on a night game, but yeah, they go and lose in Columbia this weekend against Missouri. How many people, I don't know. It'll be 2013 where everybody stayed home seemingly. And it was yeah. pretty much Florida state, you know, South East, whatever we want to call it, the school down South. Um, your thoughts on, on a seven o'clock game against Florida there in the swamp, not ideal, but who knows how really, uh, you know, ferocious that crowd will be if they suffer another loss this weekend. Yeah, I guess I would say I've been to Florida. Um, you know, I've been I've been to Florida for Tebow Senior Day. I've been to that thirteen game where half the crowd was Florida State fans and Florida fans were booing. I've been at Flo- Gainesville when um, I, I've been to, just been going to Gainesville for a long time. Let's just put it that too way. Too long, too long, uh, too long. Um, it it to me, it doesn't matter, man. That place gets loud. It's just loud. It's loud for a noon game. It's loud for a 7 p.m. game. Maybe it's 8% louder or 6% louder, but I don't know. They they can lose at night just as well as they can lose with the sun up. Um, talking about Florida. So, you know, I, I, I don't I, – I do like it selfishly. I get to drive over the day of the game. Mm-hmm. I was I was a big fan of that. I wouldn't have to get a hotel in Lakeland or somewhere um, or Lake City. Lake What's City. the one that's close to Gainesville? Lake, Lake City. City. Lake City. Yeah, yeah. Um, where me and Shanna met. Before Aww. the 97 Florida-Florida State game. Uh, uh, ex-wife was in town this week, by the way. That's why I brought her up. She uh, she's with the, she brought Brady, and they had a good time. She allowed Brady, finally. Yeah, how'd that go? I think they had, had a good time. First, did, ever, he, first ever rivalry game or first ever Miami game for Brady? First ever rivalry game. Uh, he spent his whole life going to Boston College games. Uh, she would not allow him, but now he's 15. She thought it was time to see the world a little bit. So they went to uh, – 
Uh, they, she took him. She allowed him to come to the Miami game. Maybe if his grades are good, uh, Charlotte for Brady too. We'll see. Ooh. We'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think night or day. I honestly. I mean, I just. You know, I. I think it's going to be loud, even if they get blown out by Missouri. I think there's going to be that fan base will show up because it's their marquee home game of the year. They're going to be loud. They're going to be drunk. And they're just going to be hoping against hope that they can pull off the upset and derail Florida State season. Now, with that said, if it's in the fourth quarter and it's close and they have a chance to uh, disrupt an 11-0 season, I can promise you it will be the loudest stadium that any of the Florida State players have ever played in. That place will be going nuts if they have a chance in the fourth quarter. So try not to let them have a chance in the fourth quarter. I just don't like you don't. I don't want to admit it. Um, I went to every Florida game when I was in school, and we were still like on level playing with them. But if I was a student in like 2007 or nine or 2006 and eight, like I don't, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm coming to Doke to watch my guys get stomped by the Gators. I just don't know how many of them are going to want to show up to see their team lose to this team. Um, but I well, get don't it. Don't you think they'd show up and then leave at halftime if it's not going well and go go on with their night? I think you'd still show up because it's Florida State, Florida, and you just it's, see how it goes. It's a Saturday after Thanksgiving. I don't want to. All be right, in a yeah, bad maybe they mood. don't come back to town. You might be right. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah whatever. I've, you know, whatever. We got to get rid of Billy Napier. We got to figure out how we're going to get Jimbo here, right. um, or whatever maybe happens uh, with them down there. So, but everything. I'm glad everything went well with uh, Brady and and my so. No, no horror stories from Miami fans. Were they pretty insulated on a, on a nice, friendly Florida State side of the uh, stadium? I didn't hear any, so I think they were fine. And there were, I mean, there were some Miami fans, but it wasn't like a throng of them. Um, so no, I don't think they had any run-ins with them at all. It wasn't like me in '96. Well, this was. See, my dad would take me to the Orange Bowl too, so you saw all types of craziness. But I do remember in '96 walking out of that game when Florida State finally beat them uh, for the first time in 12 years. And uh, saw a, like a, a brawl between, I would say, 10 to 12 people. Mm. Um, and I think it was both both were Miami sets of fans. <laughs> and there was a dad, and there was like a 65-year-old dad and his son. And I really did. I was 21. It kind of, you know, some a lot of times that makes me uneasy. But seeing a 65-year-old man kind of like having to be shielded from a brawl uh, was really not great to see. But you know what? Got the dub that day. Mm. Got the dub that day. That's all that matters. Mm. Vitaminenergy.com. Promo code is WarchampBogo. WarChamp B-O-G-O. Use that and buy an item of equal or lesser value, or rather buy one and then get an item of equal or lesser value for absolutely free with that promo code WarchampBogo. WarChamp B-O-G-O. Struggling on a Monday per usual. Mm. Half shot. Vitamin Energy Workout Plus. Such good pep in the step, Corey. Such good pep in the yeah. step. Oh, yeah. Went in there, Swiss bar, I think is what they call it now, the barbell. It's like a, it's a barbell. It's like rectangular almost, and it's got a whole bunch of uh, different angled uh, pieces in there that you can adjust your grip on it because I got the bad shoulder. You guys don't care about that. But anywho, uh, absolutely crushed it. Uh, put 10 pounds on more than I did the week before. Okay. I don't know if it's performance-enhancing quality, um, but it's day-enhancing quality. Vitamin Energy's Workout Plus, energized for up to seven or more hours. It's packed with vitamins, and it tastes great. Because it's the sour apple flavor. All the energy comes from the 260 milligrams of all-natural caffeine. Also, the Arginine helps too. 100 milligrams of that stuff. Gets you a little bit of a pump. Maybe not a six-pack like Corey has, but a little bit of a pump. The arms look pretty good in the mirror. I was a big fan of it. 
I think you'll be a fan of it too. So give it a shot. Give it a try. Go to vitaminenergy.com. Use the promo code WARCHAMPBOGO, WARCHAMPBOGO. You'll have two cases of it on your desk at work. It'll be a good conversation starter. If you got to let somebody know that they got to step up their game, you know, they're going to be kind of sad to hear this criticism, but you just offer them the best encouragement you can and be like, hey, kid, take this vitamin energy shot. See what it'll do for you. Might change their life. It very well might. Like mean Joe Green with that kid in the Coke commercial from 50 years ago. Couldn't have said it any better. Nice. Vitaminenergy.com. Promo code is WarchampBogo, B O G O. Shake it and take it. Vitaminenergy.com. Moving along then, Corey. Uh, towards the end of the interview with uh, Mike Norvell, I thought maybe, I don't know. Listen, it's a ridiculous proposition. We talked about on the show yesterday that you would leave this situation, frankly, to go anywhere else, but especially yeah. that school, that being Texas A&M. But I think Ross, not Ross Dellinger, I think you know Bruce Feldman, originally Pete Thamel, ESPN, reported that Jimbo got fired, threw out a list. Mike Norvell's name was on it. I think Bruce Feldman followed up later on Sunday or maybe even on Monday morning and threw out Mike Norvell's name in one of the tweets to tease one of their stories. It's kind of the way it works. Uh, again, it's ridiculous. I didn't necessarily want to ask the question, but I just felt like it'd be weird if we didn't ask Mike Norvell about it. Uh, try to handle the best I could. Let's uh, let's see what Coach's reaction was. Hopefully you've listened to it already, but if you haven't, here's uh, the exchange between your guys here at Warchant.com and your head football coach. Coach, uh, two national outlets uh, were discussing a, a coaching vacancy and put your name on a, a potential list. I know you can't control your name being involved in those things, but what is your sort of reaction when these things happen, and, and how do you manage that in your conversations? Yeah, it's not. It's you know, there's there's not really any point to talk about it. You know, in a, in a sense, I mean, yeah, it's funny how uh, you know how sometimes those things get out there, and people want to to you know try to use that, you know, in, in, especially in recruiting and things like that. Well, I always tell recruits, I told recruits two years ago, and a lot of these guys that were recruiting now, I said, well, it's funny, you know, two years ago, every coach was talking about, well, how long is, it, you know, how long is he going to be there? You know, they better win some games or, or he's not. And I, but I told him then, I said, watch, in two years, everybody's going to be trying to use the other thing. Well, but you know, this is like that. I can't control any of that, and, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, we're we're so excited about what we're building here, where we're going, um, you know, the opportunity that's ahead. I mean, this is uh, it's a special place, and that's you know, I think that speaks for itself. So, uh, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity, and uh, you know, but I can't con- I can't control uh, all those things. What else could he really say, Corey? I thought he did a great job handling it. Some people were like, it was coach speak. Would have liked to have heard. I plan on retiring here. Um, oh well, that's not. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's not realistic. No. What is he going to coach here? He's going to coach at Florida State for. You already got one forty-year coach, or thirty-five-year coach. You're not going to have another one. Mike Ravel's forty years old. He won't finish his career at Florida State. Yeah, I mean, listen. Tommy Tuberville said that they're going to have to take him out of Oxford in a pine box. Yeah, and I think maybe less than thirty days later, he ended up at Auburn. Yeah. So, um, you know, Saban did his thing when he left the Dolphins. Yeah. Look, I, I think, uh, again, I would be absolutely stunned. He answered it the way he answered. I thought it was really funny that he, you know, he told those, you know, the recruits were saying, hey, they're telling me you're not going to even be here in two years. And now that they've had success, the recruits are being told, well, he's going to be going somewhere else in, 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 after this year or two years or whatever. So he's not going to be there when you're a junior or a senior. That's the life of this sport. You know, that's that's how it works. And I don't expect – let me say this. I, I, I don't think Mike Norvell will be here when he's in his 50s. But I would be absolutely gobsmacked 
if he left for Texas A&M. I, I don't even know how – I watched a Texas A&M show with the dude that broke the story, uh, Billy – I don't know, Luigi or something. Oh, Billy Lucci, Texas Yeah, so I watched uh, um, like a 35-minute show he did on YouTube on Sunday evening. You watched the whole thing, you psycho? I, I fast-forwarded. Right. I fast-forwarded. He talks a lot. The other guy – I feel got bad for the other guy. He doesn't get to say much. Oh, tell me but, about um, it. He was talking about the, the candidates. He might have mentioned 18 guys. Mike Norvell was never mentioned. Mm. Um, you know, he mentioned everything from, like, Power 5 coordinators. So he thinks that if they get somebody that's in the playoff, it'll be a coordinator. They're in, and I think we've got this weird we, – because of what Jimbo did, which is was outrageous in hindsight and was even dumber in present when it happened – we have this uh, – it's it's like the world, the college football world, because of what Jimbo did, leaving Florida State for Texas A&M, just think that's a, like, that's a normal ascension. Like the A&M job is a, a rung above on the ladder. It, it ain't. It's two ladders below. So the, people think that, oh, it's natural. They're not saying Harbaugh is going to leave or Kirby's going to leave. Like, Florida State is one of the preeminent jobs in the United States. You wouldn't leave Florida State for A&M unless you're a dummy. I don't think Mike Norvell's a dummy, and I think he's getting everything he wants here. Uh, and, again, if you care about your career at all, that's where careers go to die. Where's Kevin Sumlin coaching? Where's Jimbo going to be coaching? My man R.C. Slocum was the last guy that was a good coach there, and that was 30 years ago. Dennis so. Francione, yeah, he left. He left Alabama to go to AM. He thought it was a better job. Well, that was. Wasn't there other stuff going on with him? Yeah, or, like a legal booster letter, or maybe did that. Yeah, when he was at some, uh, some odd stuff yeah. there. Um, but uh, yeah, man, no, you're not going to leave. I, 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 maybe will. I, I never say never, right? But it would be preposterous. Flor uh, Texas A&M has had nine, ten win seasons uh, since integration. Uh, Florida State, I think, just had their twenty sixth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Texas has not, Texas has never won a national championship when uh, you know people of color were allowed to play football. Florida State's won three, played for four, four or five more. A and M's never played for one. A and M's never won the SEC. I guess A and M won the Big Twelve a couple of years. Yeah, they absolutely did. They Haven't beat even Kansas won the State. West. Yeah, they got Florida State into the uh, championship game that one year, '98. But uh, but yeah, man, I I don't I don't give. It would just be preposterous. It would be preposterous. Good Is luck, it like? Is it the precedent of Jimbo leaving that – I guess that's a really good point that you brought up, that Billy Lucci, the guy at Texas Ags, who is like the most plugged-in yeah. guy when it comes to Texas A&M, is mentioning a laundry list of guys, and he doesn't mention Mike Norvell. But you know, I saw this comment, on I think, on the YouTube channel, and it's fair, and I, I want to bring it up with you here, is that – and you mentioned it maybe kind of in, in your, your answer there previously, but like, why is Kirby Smart's not name on there? Like, I, Why is right. M Jim Harbaugh's name not on there? But like – because it shouldn't be that f much more of a jump. In it isn't. Florida think State is Michigan. Florida State is Georgia. The, look, man, Michigan hasn't won anything in 25 years. Is it the alumni? Is it just like well, Jim Harbaugh's not going to leave his his you know alma mater? Kirby's oh, not going to leave his maybe. alma mater. Like what is what is the point or, or the 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 differentiator here that like Florida State, a blue blood that has won a national title here in the last decade that has a. a ripe, you know, robust in-state recruiting base, all these things that you want as a coach, an NIL entity that's yeah. helping you out. Like, they have everything. Like, 
why would you use? Why would you be silly enough to mention this school, but then not mention? I'm telling you, it, it was. It reminds me of 14 when uh, the bowl committee, the the playoff committee, ranked an undefeated team below two one loss teams. The AP voters had never done that in history. In history, the defending national champs were 10 and 0, and all of a sudden, because they saw the committee doing it, all of a sudden these writers are like, I guess, I guess Mississippi State is better than Florida State, and so they started ranking. It never happened before that. It happened after Florida State started, even in the polls, started going to one and two, or going to two and three. And I think all of a sudden it's like Jimbo, because Jimbo did something, it like triggered this idea that, yeah, that's a natural uh, career course. That's a natural trajectory to go from Florida State to Texas A&M. Florida State ain't a stepping stone job, man. Certainly not. For the Cal College, it doesn't win anything ever. It just isn't. So, but I think Jimbo changed the the calculus in people's minds, and people w- don't understand that what Jimbo did was the anomaly. F- Florida State is not a pipeline for Texas A&M coaches. It should be the other way around. And I know they have a lot of money. Good luck, man. Again, it's where careers go to die. Jimbo just torpedoed his career by Legacy. going out there. It torpedoed his legacy. And Mike Norvell, I think, understand. Good luck, man. Yeah, go take the money. Maybe they all. Mike Norvell makes $8 million a year. Maybe A&M offers him $13 million. Cool. You'll get a lot of money. He Your could. Career, I think I think he could be like, I want $13 million. I think they would do it in a heartbeat. Sure, maybe. I mean, they still got to pay the other guy. At some point, you'd think they'd run out of money. I get, I, Maybe not. And by the way, if there's so much oil money in Texas, what's up with these gas prices, gang? <laughs> I thought we were having to get it all overseas. We just got all this oil in Texas we can use. Can we get it? Can we get it into my tank? Um, but uh, so, yeah, they, they could offer him $13 million. That's fine. And he could do the math and say, you know what? I'm, and I'm not – I wouldn't begrudge anyone for getting a 60% pay raise. But, okay, man, yeah, go to Texas A&M. Jimbo couldn't do it. And now it's getting harder because Texas and Oklahoma are coming. Like, at least Jimbo, for a while, got to, got to sell the SEC as a reason to come to Texas A&M well, not, but, and not go to Texas. Yeah. Well, he can't do that anymore either. And so you're going to – the SEC is going to be unbelievably hard. And the expectations at A&M are drastically um, delusional. So, again, go for it. Go watch those male cheerleaders pat themselves in the elbow and kick and scream and yell and all that weird cult stuff they do out there. I would be stunned that Norvell did it. I almost am offended that people like Feldman, who know the sport, would throw out a Florida State coach because he ain't throwing out Lincoln Riley. Like, you know, he's not throwing out name another uh, coach at a big-time school. He's not throwing out Ryan Day. Florida State is that job. Maybe the ACC has a bad reputation, like you'd want to leave this conference, but like Dabo's name isn't being mentioned. You well, know, Dabo so, would be a great fit there. So, like, why would you know, again? Why would Mike Norvell? Uh, I mean, listen, I know because he's from Jimbo Texas, changed, but he's you know Texas yeah. is a big state. He was from, I think, you know, the the greater Dallas area. I, I really think Jimbo just changed the, the perception yes. of what reality really is, and it, it uh, you know, the reality is A and M should never get a coach from Florida State. It was preposterous that he did it then. It's even dumber now, and. 
you know, I, I would think these national writers would under, and I think A and M fans would know. Like, man, we can't. We're not going to get the guy at Florida State. Like Jimbo was unhappy here. Like Mike Norvell. Yeah, my, not yeah, unhappy. exactly right. Yes, that's true. And he Honeymoon had some off the field on. stuff. Honeymoon yeah. is going on right now. Jimbo Fisher was at the end of it. He was no longer happy, which is funny because I guess Ross Bjork was talking about like one of, one of the things they're looking for in their next coach is somebody who's positive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, six, six years of that can uh, can go. Yeah, can be tough. I you know I I would honestly think Elko would be somebody they go after. Um, I think that would make a ton of sense. There's a ton of other coaches in Texas. He mentioned the guy at Texas Tech, although I didn't think that was a possibility. Um, you know, I, I, I think A&M will get a great coordinator from a Power 5 job. I would also think Dan Lanning would be somebody to look at before they looked at Norvell. Um, but I also I, – I mean, I don't know, man. Phil I, Knight ain't going to let him leave. I mean, I don't think Battles End will let Norvell leave. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, if, if you're wondering why he doesn't come out and say – I'm happy here. I'm staying here. I'm not going anywhere. It's because he doesn't know if a and going to say, here's $20 million a year. Because then it makes him look like a liar. So he answered it the only way there's really a reason to answer it. Um, but, you know, and maybe he can use it for leverage for himself or for his assistants. Jimbo did that three years in a row. Um, and it wasn't always for Jimbo. Like, Jimbo did, like, bump the salaries for his assistants. He wouldn't fire any of them. But he got him richer. Um, in, uh, but so when his name was rumored with all these jobs, and he was he, I think he was very very close to taking LSU, uh, one of those years. But uh, but yeah, so I, I think Norvell could use it as leverage. So you would never come out and say, absolutely, I'm not going anywhere, because then at the end of the year, when maybe uh, you know, Alford sits down with you and's like, hey, we want to talk about maybe an extension, and you want to raise, he'll be like, why do I can give you a raise? You just said you're not going anywhere. I don't have to worry about you leaving. So, you know, that's just not how the game is played. So, I, I again, would be stunned and, quite frankly, uh, outraged if Mike Norvell went to Texas A&M. Mm. You heard what he said, but then you, you look at the words on the screen. You know, obviously we're so excited about what we're building here, where we're going, the opportunity that's ahead. This is a special place. I think that speaks for itself. That's as strong as you're going to get. That's as strong as you're going to get about I'm content here. No thanks. So, yeah, um, I thought I did a really good job handling the question. So, shout out to Coach. And, and I get it, folks. If you, you wanted more from him, but again, let's live in a reality where we know these things aren't true, and we can't compare what we would say at our jobs to what a head football coach at a Power Five program would say. Like, there's just there's not a lot of parallels between me being, oh yeah, I'm I'm good here forever, uh, right. versus him saying that. So, um, you did a good job, I thought. Uh, I did a pretty good job last week picking winners, two and zero on the week. Just take one last victory lap on that. Thursday, though, is when we're going to make our picks for the upcoming week. You can uh, listen to the show, obviously, and then go to mybookie.ag. Promo code is WARCHANT. Use that when you sign up for the first time and get an instant, instantaneous cash deposit bonus based on a percentage of what you put into your account there. Uh, Not a lot of appetizing games. This is that weird sort of week where a lot of programs are playing, you know, maybe some lesser teams out there. Although, don't say that to the Pac-12. Pac-12's, their scheduling team's tough, tough out there. I think Washington's got a a tricky possible game here. Florida's getting 11.5 at Missouri, which uh, that's a a pretty sizable number, but I I think think they probably could cover uh, Missouri. I'm trying to pull up the Washington game here. Uh, Who do they got? They got Oregon State in Corvallis. Oregon State favored by one. What? Yeah, man. Really? Yeah, that's, hey man, that's a that's a that's a solid program that plays defense. Um, yeah. So, 
Let's see if they can slow down the Huskies. Maybe you got a hunch, everybody. Uh, feel free to share it with the class or just keep it to yourself, but take it to mybookie.ag and use that promo code WORKCHANT when you sign up. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere over at mybookie.ag. Corey, what do you think the playoff poll is going to look like when it gets dropped later tonight? 7.30, I think. No, sure. I think, honestly, I, I, I meant to tell you, or I put it in Slack, and I forgot our uh, our War Chant Slack, mm. is uh, I think it's supposed to be at 9 o'clock in between two college basketball oh, games. Gross. I think so. You might want to check on that, but I'm no, pretty sure ESPN right. has two basketball right. games going on, on tonight, and so it'll be in the middle of the two. Oh, that's great. Yeah, let's, you know, two meaningless games in the middle of freaking November. Well, it's uh, also a meaningless show. You know, right now, you know what I mean. Like, uh, I I would expect it to say the stay, stay the same. Um, I don't maybe I don't know what could have changed. Maybe Georgia jumps Ohio State. Could Washington would, jump Florida State? They they beat a ranked opponent, so I think that gives them now more teams that are ranked wins over wins uh, over teams that are currently ranked in Florida State. But yeah, but that team's probably not who they who they just beat Utah. By the way, I saw they were I didn't 18th, know what you were talking about so. at the time. The kid with the pick six. Yes. That I've never. So if you guys didn't see it, Washington has an interception late in the game that kind of would have put the game away. I think, or it's at least in the second yes. half. Would put it away. He's, Utah's driving. He gets a uh, interceptions, running free for a touchdown. And we've all seen it. We've all seen it. These guys, for whatever reason, they cross the goal line and drop the ball. Um, well, this kid dropped it at the two. At the two. And it was so obvious he dropped it at the two. And still two of his teammates ran by. Uh-huh. Usually, like, they'll drop it at, like, the half-yard line, and it'll roll into the end zone. And when you look at it at first glance, you're like, man, that looked like he might have not been at the end zone, but the ball's rolling in the end zone. Th- this one, he laid down at the two, and it just stayed there. I've never seen anything like it. Um, but, uh, you know, Utah recovered it and then got a safety, like, two plays later, and that was the final score. But, I mean, I don't. I, mean, I guess Utah could still be ranked after that loss. That's their third loss, right? Um, so maybe they're 25th or 24th. I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's – it's probably more impressive than beating Utah or beating Miami at home. But I don't know, man. I don't know that Miami and Utah are two vastly different programs and teams. Um, I think Utah would beat Miami, uh, but I don't think – I think it would be close because Miami's got a really good defense. So, yeah, man, I guess Washington could jump them. Washington still has to play Oregon. And again, I what what I think you say every, that, but they've already played them and they've beat them, and they're number six team in the country right now, and it's a, no, a significantly no, better I, looking win than LSU right now. Whatever, that's fine. I'm saying I think the only thing you anybody listening to this would have to worry about in regards to Florida State's playoff life is if if for some reason all of a sudden you start seeing if Alabama moves ahead of Washington, that's the issue. But as long as you're ahead of all the one loss teams, it'll all work out if you win them all. It'll all work out. Georgia's got to play Alabama. Texas has got to play somebody else. Oregon's got to play Washington. So Oregon or Washington might get in, but they're not going to get in over a zero-loss Florida State team. Now, I will say this. If Florida State loses, they're donezo. No chance. No chance. But as long as they're undefeated, whether they're four or two, uh, they'll be they'll be in the playoff, and I think that's so. Okay, Washington jumps Florida State. It's four and five, um, but again, the the way it would work out is Washington would then still have to beat Oregon, and if they beat Oregon, quite frankly, I I would say they deserve to be ahead of Florida State. 
If they beat that Oregon team twice. And, and Oregon they, State, man. Oregon, Oregon State's yeah, a yeah, team right. 12th right now. And it's yeah, on the you're road. Right. So. so, But again, so that's fine. Put Washington ahead of them. Um, put Washington ahead of Florida State after that game if they beat Oregon State and you beat when you beat North Alabama. All right, good. You're still in the top four. And there's still going to be a lot of jockeying because obviously Georgia still has to beat Alabama, which and is Tennessee, no guarantee. And, and Tennessee. Tennessee and um, Ohio State and Michigan play each other in two weeks. What happens if, if what happens if Georgia loses to Tennessee, beats Alabama? Are they still in as the SEC? Like the, no matter what, the SEC champion is in. So the most undefeated teams there can be is three, right? Don't Pac-12, Pac-12, Georgia, and Florida State. Well, Michigan like too. Big Ten. No, I'm saying, yeah, but one of the, yeah, yeah. So, and there one could of the be, Big Ten teams, yes. Yeah, one of the big teams will be undefeated. Georgia could be undefeated. So I get, sorry, the max will be four. Yes. Odds are, one, odds are, you know, Washington. I guess Washington could lose to Oregon. Clearly, they're they're probably the most tenuous of the of the four. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if there's three undefeated teams. In Georgia, it'll be interesting if there's three undefeated teams and Alabama beats Georgia. I mean, is Georgia out? Right. You know, that's where I think Florida State fans could get a little uh, hesitant because we've seen it before now, man. We've, we've lived it where one-loss teams, the losses don't matter. Um, the wins matter more. And so you wonder, okay, are they going to try to put Alabama and Georgia back in the Final Four because Alabama beat Georgia, but Georgia was 12-0? and Going into the game, um, if if there's three undefeated teams, does one undefeated team get left out so the two one-loss SEC teams can get in? I would I, I I would strongly discourage that from happening. I don't think it would happen, but you never know with this committee. But I I would think Georgia's in with if if there's a spot available for a one-loss team, it, I think it goes to the SEC champion if the SEC champion has a loss. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I wasn't able to look and confirm, but I'm like 99% sure it's going to be 9 o'clock, and I'm just crushed right now. Uh, it just ruins I'm glad I told you, though. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I do what I can. And um, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something else, too. I can't remember. Never mind. It was going to be awesome, though. Charlotte, uh, playoff. No, I wanted to talk about uh, Fuller real quick. Um, oh, yeah. We can talk about the other stuff with the coaches. Sorry about and, sorry, and, sorry about the all the playoff talk, everybody. We might be going to it. Sorry about and that. And the Texas A&M uh, talk, too. Because, yeah, hey, you might lose another coach, apparently, to that just town where football forgot. That was um, solid 12 minutes. We needed that on a Tuesday, buddy. Um, so, I, I, Atkins, you know, I asked Norvell and Atkins, and th- th- when I watch the replay of the game again against Miami, the thing that gives you pause as you move forward to the, the rest of these games is why, why do you keep giving up four-yard losses? What keeps happening? And you, when you watch the replay of these games, um, you know, so it's not like, to me anyway, and I'm a, I'm a novice when it comes to offensive line play, it doesn't look like they're just getting bullied. Like they're just getting pushed backwards. It always looks like they're pulling someone and he can't get there in time. Like it's a scheme thing. Or the spot he's pulling from is now vacant and that guy's shooting that gap. And right. Then, it's like yeah. a scheme communication element, a thing to it, and not just, well, man, what? Are, Casey Roddick just can't block this dude. It's not like that. It's always a guy coming free. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not at least the ones against Miami, and I thought a few of those against Pittsburgh. Most of the ones against Pittsburgh too are dudes just getting free because the the 
the lineman vacates where they're supposed to be, and the other lineman that I guess is supposed to be coming down to block doesn't get there in time, and all of a sudden Trey Benson or Jordan Travis is getting, or Rodney Hill is getting tackled for a five-yard loss. And it's killing their drives against good defenses. It's killing them. Like, you're, if you get to the playoff, chances are you're going to be playing an outstanding defense with a bunch of NFL dudes in the front seven. You've got to you've got to get this figured out, man. Where like second and nine is so much better than second and fourteen. Like it changes the whole course of the drive. And so that that's why I, I, I asked Norvell that and he did say, you know, the last two weeks they've given up way too many tackles for loss. Um Pitt, I think they gave up eleven. I don't know what it was against Miami. It felt like about that. Probably wasn't that much, but it felt like a lot. Um they in their in their huge losses. Like Travis lost thirty yards in sacks. Like they just if they could nine, get that out of their game, how nine, much? Under so TFL under Miami's column. That's how is that how many they had or how many they yes, suffered? Yeah, no, how many they had? Nine for fifty-two yards. So that's twenty fifty-two yards is nuts, by the way. But also twenty tackles for loss in the last two weeks. A hundred yards of lost yardage in the last two weeks. That's enormous. That's enormous. Because so, they're banged up, man. And no, I get it. Up. I get it. But I also I don't think it's necessarily like, man, these guys just can't block. They're just getting dominated by these defensive linemen. And Miami has a good defensive line. I'm not saying they don't. But if you watch the replays of some of those plays that were blown up, so much of it is like, well, what was he supposed to do? There's two guys and there's only one guy to block. There's only one guy to block two is what I meant to say. And so, yes, one guy's going to get free and Trey Benson has nowhere to go. I just – they, they kind of get that. in the, the play on the goal line where um, after the Ja'Kai Douglas long play and they got down to the five and they run like a QB power, it looks like, going to the left, they I think they blocked the wrong way. And Jordan had nowhere to run. Mm-hmm. And so instead of maybe scoring a touchdown, you, you tie the game. And I just – that's what concerns me. Maybe more than anything as they move forward in this season is you can't live against these kind of defenses, which you will face – if you get to the playoff, third, third and 12. The third and 12 ain't the life to live when you're playing those kind of defenses. Michigan, Ohio State, and Georgia all have elite defenses. Um, and you just, you've got, they've got to get better about avoiding the bad play. But as, as Atkins said later on, they've done such a great job of not turning the ball over. And some of that is those bad plays where Jordan's getting sacked, he doesn't force anything, no. he takes a sack or a safety. <laughs> then the, as a, as a, instead of throwing the ball up for grabs like uh, you know Van Dyke will do occasionally or more than occasionally, but yeah that, that I thought that was interesting Norvell and Atkins talking about uh, all these tackles for loss and what keeps happening. And hey, on the way out, Corey's no longer here. By magic, he has disappeared. He went to the basketball game. Uh, shout out to him and Ira both there grinding. And they're going to be at practice later this morning. It's incredible the people I get to work with. Florida State improves a 2-0 on the young season, 94-67 over the Chippewas of Central Michigan. Florida State with six players in double digits, led by VCU transfer Jameer Watkins, who had 19, 6, and 4 steals. Shout out to him. Again, 2-0 for Florida State. Next game up for the Knowles. A trip to Gainesville. Friday, 7 o'clock against Florida. That game on SEC Network, so... A lot of us should be able to see that one. Couldn't get the Central Michigan on at the uh, Midtown offices. Anyhow, texted Corey, got any color to add to me reading the box score of this game? Would you say similar to 90 UNLV or thereabouts? Yeah, probably better, says Corey. 
They forced 21 turnovers, hit 12 threes, shot 56% from the floor. So yeah, not bad at all for Florida State. Also, Darren Green Jr. sniper. He was 6 of 12, 4 of 9 from behind the arc. Florida State shot 43% uh, from three-point land. So there you go. There you have it. Everything you need to know about Florida State, all in one little convenient show. That is a wrap for us. Don't forget, practice this morning. We'll be out there. We'll have interviews, footage, all that over on Warchant.com's YouTube page, which is Warchant TV. You can subscribe to that for absolutely free, but the good stuff always at Warchant.com. Love Michael Langson on tomorrow's show, Promise. Promise we'll have him on to talk recruiting. Apparently, this Jeremiah Smith kid, number one receiver in the country, Looking pretty good. Looking pretty good. Seminal headlines, 1 to 3 o'clock. Jeff Cameron, Irish show, Fell, Corey Clark. For Corey, I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Barn Grill.